T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If Sean decided to take over the play calling, I've seen him do it for a long time. Great success. He's going against some great quarterbacks in his day and offensive gurus that you have to beat. And so, you know, that would be great. If that's the route he feels is best for us, you know, I'm going to support that and uh, full faith that he would do a great job if it came to that. Brandon Bean at the Combine yesterday. Bill's making big news with the announcement that Leslie Frazier would be stepping away for the 2023 football season. Now, we're going to get Sal here in a moment. Uh, we did This did break during the final hour yesterday. We did have Sal on about 24 hours ago. So I won't spend the entire time talking about that because we covered a lot of ground. And there are some other things from Brandon Bean yesterday, from Sean McDermott, uh, in other offseason matters to get to. So we'll cover it all. But Sal is joining us right now on the Western Hotline and brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor when you need to stock up. It's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And Time permitting, we'll get into the team under, team over debate when it comes to toilet paper in your home. Good morning, Mr. Capaccio. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, We had a nice discussion about it on the Always Game Day in uh, Buffalo podcast. There wasn't much of a debate between Matt and I, but we were wondering if there was a debate out there because we've seen it. So we put it out there. So that's a topic we can get into later. But yeah, uh, hope you guys are having a good morning. We don't discuss it in our house. It becomes, it's kind of our equivalent to Rob Johnson versus Doug Flutie. It really tears the... That's amazing. Apart, so I usually let my wife have it. Go ahead. I just want to get this in real quick before we get straight into football with Sal. Yeah. Darren Dreger just tweeted, teams are poised, hoping for a price drop on Jacob Chikrin. Buffalo is staying close. Good. Good. Interesting. Let's go price drop. So just to throw that out there, trade deadline is Friday. Well, again, some teams took themselves, we hope, out of the running for a defenseman with some of the moves they made while getting frustrated with Arizona. All right, Friday Sal. is the trade deadline. Can I, can I yes. real quick just say... Um, yeah. Just to promote, uh, Joe, we are going to have an extra point show, Liam McHugh, on Friday oh. on our uh, on our uh, Beautiful. extra U- point show. U- so guy. leading up to the trade deadline, so yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah, right. UB grad, UB, I UB. think. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. Yep. UB grad. Yep. TNT and chill on TNT. Yep. So on the Fraser front, before we get into the other stuff, Sal. And by the way, phone lines are open. If you have any questions on Leslie Fraser or anything Bills related, Sal's ready to take them at eight zero three zero five fifty. On the Leslie Fraser front, when we got you on yesterday and the news had come out mm-hmm. and we talked about, okay, what do they do? Who handles the play calling? We discussed the idea of whether Sean McDermott, who has obviously defensive coordinator experience, would just take over the play calling. And we got into the discussion of, does it spread him too thin? You mentioned he he likes to be more of an overseer. So what did you hear yesterday that might impact what your answer would be 24 hours later to, would Sean McDermott take over the play calling? Uh, What I've heard yesterday and leading up to today is, be prepared that Sean McDermott's going to be the defensive play caller. 
Okay. That, that's what's going to most likely happen this year. Yeah. Uh, unless something changes as far as how this is leaning and how this is trending, um, Sean has a lot of faith in the people that he can lean on in the building to do all the other things that need to get done that he can rely on during the week and on game day. Um, obviously, it's possible he could wind up going in another direction, but at this point, it is very much leaning towards Sean McDermott is going to be the play caller. Now, whether or not he actually hires someone or gives them the title of defensive coordinator, that could still happen. But when they line up for opening day, game one in 2023, at this point, it is looking more and more like Sean McDermott will be the play caller. Okay. Not a problem. I, I, I want to follow up and ask you if it is, but I'm answering my own question about the idea of um, maybe spreading yourself too thin. There are plenty of coaches in this league, whether it's offense or defense, that are head coaches and are primary play callers for their team during games. It hasn't hurt Andy mm-hmm. Reid. They just won the Super Bowl. It didn't hurt Kyle Shanahan. They made it to the conference championship game. Um, so do you think it could be an issue going forward uh, for Sean McDermott as a head coach to be doing that as well? Can it? Sure. I mean, I've heard from people yesterday. I had a friend text me and say, hey, I I don't love his game management enough anyway Mm, with replays and timeouts and things like that. Right. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I understand what the point is going. Go ahead. Right, right. And, and, you know, people, um, you know, someone said that to me and, and I don't know. I mean, that's a fair criticism. If you want to go down that road, I think you could look at it and say, well, in replay situations, he relies on other people anyway. Is it really? Is it him not managing it correctly or is it, you know, people giving him wrong information? I don't have as much of an issue with timeouts as many people might. I don't know. I guess every coach you can go through that uh, here and there. But can it become? Sure, you could put too much on your plate. But let's go back to what I just said a little while ago. Um, You know, this is a coach who's now going into his seventh year uh, as a coach in the NFL. And right, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20. Yep, seventh year in the NHL, in the NFL. Uh, he's one of the longest tenured coaches, uh, to be honest with you now. Yeah. And he has a very veteran staff. Most of his staff has been with him. Obviously, there's been some changeover. We're going to get Al Holcomb in here now and Adam Henry in here now. Um, but he's going to have a coaching staff that he can rely on to do all those things to not necessarily have it impact him in a negative way, of course. Um, you know, I, yes, can, can you... Could we see ourselves here four or five weeks into the season going, you know, man, I, I just McDermott having so much on his plate, calling plays and game management. Can those things pop up? There's no doubt they could. We, we could be having that discussion. But at this point, I think Sean and the organization at least feel like that's not going to be a problem based on what his staff is and what those duties require. Sal, I wanted to get in some other stuff with you. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you want to cover anything with Leslie Frazier before I asked him about like the non-coaching no, no, stuff. So I wanted to talk about some other things. And listening to both the guys yesterday, one of the things that, that Joe brought up when Joe Marino was on, both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were very much so vote of confidence on Gabe Davis. So he's, he's a talking point in the offseason, right? We're, we're all wondering, you know, can he, can he be the number two guy? He had some inconsistencies. He had some drops. He had some issues. Both guys were very much uh, in Gabe Davis's corner, both pointing out early in the season he was injured and it, it affected him at that point. So kind of tell me what you take away in the, the offseason discussion of adding another receiver, maybe a priority in the draft. What did you take away from Gabe Davis and how might that impact the Bills' offseason plan at that position? Nothing that was said yesterday about Gabe Davis surprises me. I've known for a while that they are very, very much supporting, uh, very supportive of Gabe Davis as a player on this team, not only in his current role and what he can do and be able to be even better and expand on that. Because basically, you know, as McDermott said, he had a little bit of injury last year and things like that. You know, he turned that ankle in week two and he maybe wasn't necessarily the same for quite a while, if not the whole season. Remember, he missed that game against Tennessee. That was a 
that was a uh, walkthrough in, in, uh, injury, you know, um, that Saturday, I believe. Anyway, it doesn't surprise me at all. And they do have a lot of faith in him. This is a player that they drafted, that they have developed. He's their highest drafted wide receiver in the Sean, in the Brandon Bean uh, era. Now, of course, they spent a first-round pick to get Stephon Diggs. But as far as actually drafting the player from college, he is their highest drafted player. And I'll even go so far as to say, and I've said this before, don't be surprised if we're sitting here in training camp and Gabe Davis gets a contract extension. Mm. He's going into the final yes. year of his deal. They did mm. this with Dawson Knox last year. That's how much I believe that they believe in Gabe Davis from things that I've heard over the last several months. Mm. And the, the the talk of Gabriel Davis, Sal, I mean, I don't even think anyone's ever really said or thought, like even callers, that he should not be on the field at all. I think, right. I think it may, the Bills could agree with that, right? Like on some level that... Maybe he's just not a guy that you want to give 100-plus targets to, which can still mean he's a good player and he is a useful player, especially for what he does down the field. Um, I, th- I think for me it's always been more what's around Gabriel Davis and the role he's in rather than whether or not he's actually on the field. Yeah, and, you know, Joe, I've made this comparison before. It's like it's like in basketball when you have a really good shooting guard but you don't have a great ball handler, so you've got to put him at point guard. Well, now you're kind of more deficient in two areas because you can put something else at shooting guard. Well, once you get that really good point guard, now you can move him. Now you're better at two areas. And I think that's might be what happened, what's happening here and what happened last year with the Bills receiving core, which is you, know, you put Gabe Davis in a spot where he's got to be so relied on as that number two guy, and his game is stretching the field a little bit more, making those big plays down the field when teams target and take away Stephon Diggs. And he's good enough anyway to kind of beat those double teams and number one corners. We've seen that. But when you're asking that, now you're, okay, well, Davis, I'm sorry, uh, Diggs is taken away. And now, you know, I, I don't have necessarily the guy to get those easy throws and catches to. That's not Gabe Davis's game necessarily. And they were deficient too much in the slot last year. They had the injury to Jamison Crowder, obviously. Isaiah McKenzie didn't step up enough. I think by improving one of the receiver spots, I think you'll improve more than one receiver spot, if that makes sense. We also discussed, let's stay on offense for the time being, we also brought up uh, James Cook and uh, Bean's comments yesterday. Uh, both were asked about James Cook, but Bean was also asked about you know Singletary, and he didn't rule out Devin being back. I'm going to operate for this question on the assumption of Devin not coming back, Sal. Um, Bean addressed the idea of more touches, a greater role for James Cook. Would you, would you ex- first off, I guess, would you expect he to be the number one running back? And how much more of a role do you think he could handle in year two? I do think he'll take on the more of the lead role. Because I don't see at this time Devin Singletary coming back. It's mm-hmm. possible. You guys talk with Joe, and I heard what Joe said, and I agree with Joe a lot. And it's what Joe DiBiase and I have talked about. I know I'm referring to Joe Marino a little last segment, but um, which is maybe maybe there's a path for Devin Sing- <laughs> excuse me guys, sorry for Devin Singletary to come back at a you know pretty reduced rate because he's not going to get a ton on the open market. Right. But at this point, I don't know if that's going to happen. There might be a team out there going, hey. You know, this guy, we can pay him $5 million, and he's going to be able to carry the ball 20 times a game for us. That could happen, too. Um, so I do think James Cook becomes the lead role. I think the question is, what does that look like in a Buffalo Bills offense? Because you're not going to sit there and hand him the ball 25 times. He's not going to get, you know, even 25 touches a game. That's not the type of offense the Bills run. They're not running a Derrick Henry-centered offense. They're not running a running back-centered offense. So can he handle it? Yes. In the current construction of the way the Bills like to run their offense and the philosophy of it, I don't see any problem with that because they've never been a team that's going to overwork that guy. He's going to have somebody else behind him like Devin Singletary did for the last three and a half years when he became the primary ball carrier. 
Because Devin Singletary's never really been at the top of the league in any carries or anything like that. He's been a guy, he's been your lead back. But what does that mean in the context of how lead backs are thought of around the league? So I, to answer your question, yes, I think he could do that. But let's not make it sound like he's going to suddenly get all of these carries sure. that the Bills suddenly that normally don't give guys. So, okay, um, Hines, is Hines back on the roster next season? Not at the number he's making. I can't see that. He is scheduled to make $4.8 million. And that's problematic enough if, you know, for a guy that, A, is just a punt and kick returner, or B, even a backup running back. Even if you wanted to say, look, he's going to have a much bigger role in our offense, that's fine. That's still quite a bit of money to pay a number two back, assuming James Cook is. Um, and on top of that, though, guys... It's not. This is a situation where because they traded for him and his his bonus money, the bills aren't responsible for. If they release him, every single dollar of that four point eight million dollars cleared off the salary cap. Yeah. It's not like releasing him has any dead, dead money, money whatsoever. Uh, it does not. Uh, so to me, it's an easy release and or restructure. It might be just hey, let's tear up your contract. Let's give you a new one. We'll give you some money up front. Let's lower that by a couple million. You know, keep you around for another year or two. It, it's possible they could do that. Let's. What did Brandon Bean say yesterday? restructures mm-hmm. he would probably go yes. to that even more than outright releases like to me a restructure josh allen there's no doubt i don't think that's i think that's going to happen you're going to save a lot of money there you could have bond miller in there guys making bigger salaries but i think naeem hines is a total candidate for this because you just can't pay him 4.8 million dollars in the role he's going to be playing you totally took me into my next question well done this is why you're on the beat the, you know we are beginning to see Bobby Wagner was released, right? Tampa's going to cut Fournette. Uh, you know, Johnston was cut by the Brown. Anyway, we're Galladay. We're seeing guys get cut. We're approaching that time where you have to have all that cap space. The Bills are over the cap. So talk a little bit about what Brandon Bean said. I believe on One Bills Live, Sal, you tweeted about it. More restructuring. There, there would be releases probably, but more restructurings, right? Can they yep. make this work with the restructurings, get under the cap, do what they have to do, and also have space to add a free agent or two, have your draft class, and do everything they'd like to do. Have you guys paid attention to a team called the New Orleans Saints over the last several years? <laughs> I've learned more yeah. about They're them. They're in the NFL. I'm, They're not yeah. that bad. They, yeah. they, they've, they've had some success. Yeah. Have you paid attention to a team called the Los Angeles Rams who won the Super Bowl <laughs> a couple of years ago? The answer is, of course, they can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, is the salary cap a myth? No, but it's funny money that you can play with in a sure. lot of different ways and you can be super creative with, and the Bills will do that. It's very easy to restructure Josh Allen's contract. $27.5 million is his base salary. You can literally reduce that down to, what, a million and a half, $2 million, and save 20 million on the salary cap yep. to spread that out. Bam, you are now at or under the cap just with that right there. Now you have Von Miller. Now Von's actually now Von's base salary this year is one point three million dollars. Um, he does have a roster bonus though of thirteen point three million dollars. Guess what you could do with that? Go from roster bonus to signing bonus. Now you can clear another ten million dollars. Suddenly you're ten million dollars under the salary cap. That doesn't include a Naheem Hines. That doesn't include other people that you might be able to do this with. You got void years on Matt Milano's deals or something they do with him. I'm not predicting it necessarily, but these are ways to do it. Yeah. Yes, they, the Bills will be under the salary cap by 4 p.m. March 15th because they have to be. And then from there, they'll have more room that they'll create to be able to do what they have to do. I used to be a cap guy, and then I realized the Saints are the shining example <laughs> of you could be $100 million over the cap and then all of a sudden cap compliant a day later. And I thought it was interesting when Bean said yesterday, Sal, uh, you know, we're going to be tight this year, we're going to be tight next year. 
But in terms of pushing things into the future, a couple years down the road, there are very few guys under contract that long, and you'll have, you know, right now you do have plenty of space to push things beyond 2024. Yeah, and and a couple things here. First of all, even though Josh's contract is six years, if you do if you do restructure, you can only push that money out five years. That's what the CBA allows. So you mm-hmm. can't go all six years. So it does kind of make it a little bit more crunch there with some of that. Um, that is true, but the reason that's true is because teams sign guys to one-year deals a lot. I mean, most of the guys on the Bills, even the, the free agents they have, they have 21, 22 unrestricted free agents. Most of them are guys because they signed one-year deals, not all of them, or even two-year deals. So I actually did put out a tweet in a, uh, a chart a, a few days ago. Maybe last week you guys might have seen it. You did. We talked about this. Remember Josh Allen's on the 2029 column, right? 2028 is Diggs and Miller when these guys expire. Yeah. Their contracts, that is. Um, over the next couple of years, you do have you know some guys, including, but you also have you know, fifth-year option for Greg Rousseau, fifth-year option for Kyrie Elam. You can move out. Those are going to happen. Those are going to come up. So he's right. But over the next couple of years, like next, like this year, they're going to sign a bunch of guys to one-year deals. They do it every year. Guess what's going to happen? Next year, those guys are going to be free agents. So this is going to be a cycle that's going to happen every year. And you're right, though. As you go on, the core of their team, though, most of them expire 24, I'm sorry, 25 and 26 in those off-seasons. You could still have some room to play with some stuff down the road if you want to extend out contracts. I think Tremaine Edmonds is perfect for this. You want to get Tremaine Edmonds back, you can give him a five-year deal. You can give him a six-year deal. He's still going to be fairly young in his next contract when it expires, and you can push all that, that money down the road. So with all this money talk, should we be talking about at Oliver trades more? I mean, they'd save all $11 million if they traded him. Joe, you know I, uh, I brought up, what, about a month ago that yeah. the Bills should look to trade at Oliver for a wide receiver. Right. right. I mean, I think you could take that money and do it. I think the issue is not from the Bills' side. I think the issue is from another team's side. You have to have a team out there willing to take on Ed Oliver's one-year deal for $10-plus plus million unless they are confident and they can get an extension with him, which is possible, right? We've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's an option. I think they should look at it. Um, I, I think one thing that's going to help Ed Oliver a lot is getting Von Miller back healthy if they can do that. I think his game really changed, and he wasn't as productive once they lost Von Miller. When teams had to concentrate more on the edge, he was much more disruptive, and McDermott spoke about that yesterday, and he said, you know, if affecting the quarterback from the interior, like he did some nice things doing that. And he's right, but it definitely went downhill more after Von Miller was out. To answer your question, Joe, I do think that's a something the Bills should look into. But he's a good player. Ed Oliver's a good player. We've seen flashes that he can be he can be great and dominant at times. Um, I don't see an extension on the horizon for him. He'd have to really step up his game and show more and put them in a position to do that. I think the issue with trading him though is. Is there a team out there that you is willing to do that? This guy's going into one final year of his contract at the number he's making. Uh, quick Demar Hamlin update because Joe and I have yeah. not gotten to that yet at any point this morning, but uh, there seemed to be some encouraging news on the Demar Hamlin front from Brandon Bean. Brandon said that Demar wants to play football again. He said that if he gets cleared by doctors, he will play football game, and that makes sense. I mean, if doctors clear him, that's yeah. what you do, right? I mean, it's um, I know this is not an injury per se. This is what happened on the field with his heart. Um, But that's what happens when guys get cleared to play, then they play. They're football players. And now it's up to him. Does he want to play football again? Does he want to resume? And if he's getting clearance from doctors saying, hey, you can do this and we're going to clear you, meaning, you know, we don't think there's any more of a health risk by you going out there, then he's going to do it. And he wants to do that. Um, It's going to be a really interesting situation to monitor because 
I think whatever intel information they're getting from doctors and Damar could very well impact how they operate this offseason, of course. And then there's the fact of, though, even if doctors clear Damar and he says, I want to come back, now the Bills have to make decisions about what they see in Damar and what they feel he can do and what position they want to put themselves and him in. Um, But the, the way this organization has pretty much always operated is... They rely on the medical staffs and the, the doctors. If they say he's good to go, then he's good to go, and they're going to treat him like you know, like that, and be he, he'll play. And we know that he played and started a lot last year. So safety is, I think safety is a really sneaky, underrated position that they'll have to address this offseason. It, and it, it, it could come internally. It isn't sneaky, Sal. They do have to address it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and what yeah. I mean by that, though, is... I know we don't talk a lot about high draft picks at safety. Maybe we should a little bit. We don't mm-hmm. talk about like a, a nice free agent, you know, giving them some mm-hmm. decent money. Maybe we should a little bit there. I'm not telling you they're going to go out and do that. I wonder if they're thinking that way, though. But let's also remember Damar and his situation, and then Christian Benford, right. who, you know, being said yesterday about his versatility and he can play safety, and maybe that's something you do. So there are options internally as well. Jaquan Johnson's a free agent. That's, you know, not that he played a lot of safety. When he Cam Lewis, I think Cam Lewis, I think he's under contract. I have to look at my chart here. Um, but you know, it it didn't go great for him when he played necessarily at safety. So um, you know, we'll see how everything goes. Cam Lewis, by the way, is a, is is a restricted free agent. That's why. What when when we talk about Benford and listening to Bean a little bit yesterday, I wonder, and I don't know if you know this number, but might it come down to whether or not. Or is it? Would you assume Dane Jackson, despite being a restricted free agent, is going to be back here next year? Because I, I don't know what that money looks like. I'm just thinking if he wouldn't, that would probably deter them from moving Benford to, to safety because he would be the direct backup at outside corner. Well, one of the guys yesterday, Sal, maybe I don't remember which whether it was Bean or McDermott. Didn't maybe both. One of them for sure said right now the plan is for Benford to be first at cornerback. And see how that goes, right? And that's why I'm wondering. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the Dane Jackson contract would look like. I can't imagine it would be much, obviously. But uh, well, let's, I'll tell you about that one second. I mean, let's remember Christian Benford did win a starting job at yeah, corner. Also, out of camp also that. Year. Also right. that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like, like he got hurt. He didn't play in Kyrie Elam. The focus was on Elam. By the way, I got into a really good, you know, de- debate discussion with people yesterday, last night on Twitter about the Bills playing rookies. And I think there's this this thing out there that well they 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 don't play rookies. That's well, it may be true they didn't play rookies much last year, but I don't think there's an overarching philosophy that they don't play rookies. Christian Benford won a starting job. He was a 6-round rookie and they put him right in. Now you can argue that more rookies should have played. I agree. And think Khalil Shakir should have played more. But it's not something where well he's a rookie, we're not going to play him. If that's true, why did Christian Benford win a starting job? So all that said, let's remember he did win a starting job as a corner. Now that might come down to what they feel about Kyer Elam and his progress. As far as Dane Jackson, um, the, the the numbers aren't out yet, Joe, for the RFA tenders. But I don't think they are. They might be officially. I don't think so. But I think they're projected here. Even if they put a right of first refusal, not even a second round tender on him, you're talking $2.3 million, close to it, okay. for Dane Jackson. I don't know if they want to go that high for Dane Jackson. So... It might simply be we're not going to give it to him. We're going to hope that he resigns here. It could be a Levi Wallace situation, and then if he goes, he goes, and if he comes back, he comes back. All right, Mr. a second round tender, by the way, is four point three million. Yeah, that's not happening. No, that's, that's a lot. All right, Mr. Capaccio. Uh, hey, nice job as always, and put me down for team under. <laughs> I got you, buddy. All right, you Sal. Thank you, Sal. Joining us here on the Western Hotline, and his segment was brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I'm assuming you follow Sal 
on Twitter. If you don't, you should. Uh, but if you missed it, he has an article recapping what came out of Indianapolis yesterday uh, from the Bills Brain Trust. You can check that out on his Twitter feed. And, of course, we have full Bills coverage at WGR550.com. 803-0550 to join us on the Bills, on the Leslie Frazier news. What do you think the impact is of yesterday's news of Leslie Frazier stepping away from coaching next season? Uh, what else? Oh, Sabres, of course, well, they lost last night. But we're talking about the trade deadline and the piece you really hope Kevin Adams adds to this roster by Friday at 3 o'clock. And by the way, coverage of the NHL trade deadline on WGR is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's over for Buffalo. Mm. It's over. I'm telling you. Yeah. That defense, nice. Mm-hmm. Coach, you can keep his scheme, but you can't keep his leadership. Yo, let me go talk to this player like this. Mm. Let me go meet this one where they're at. Let me go challenge this one. Let me cut this one. What you doing? Let me. So you can keep his scheme, but but he ain't there. So that is Brandon Marshall, former NFL player, on the I Am Athlete podcast. Close the Super Bowl window shut. Hey, it was a good run while it lasted. I it was be a, a I, I, good run. Yeah, no, I got to be honest with you. I just don't get it. 
I really don't. And I don't, I don't think you and I brought this up yesterday and I can't remember which of the national media, one of the NFL network ESPN guys tweeted out, this is major news. I'm like, no, it isn't. And, and I saw today one of the, I think it was Yahoo sports significant loss for the bills. No, it isn't. You know, Sal brought up a good point. I, okay. Let me backtrack. I don't think this is one of those things where you're a fan of the team, you're too close to them, you can't be objective, all that stuff. I No. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you quite honestly, when the news broke yesterday, I was like, you broke it on the show. Like, hey, guys, yeah. Leslie Frazier. Okay. It was not, oh, my God, they are screwed. Yeah, no, it's, it's just March and the defensive coordinator, or February, and the de- no, my God, they're screwed. Look, it's, I'm a fan of Leslie Frazier. I believe what Brandon Marshall says in terms of that relationship between a coordinator and a player. Mm. There's no question he's extremely well-respected inside that room. The players on the defensive side of the ball love this guy. They have said so many great things about him. And and just getting to know him through Zoom calls and visits at training camp with us, I could completely understand. He cares for you as a human being, not just a football player. I completely get leadership and and connection with players but i would have to believe singularly yep he takes that and it leaves the building with him that nobody else on the defensive staff could have any kind of relationship with their position group that mcdermott by the way don't we all supposedly credit mcdermott for yes. coming in and creating the culture and from the get go talking about Family of players and family. He said it again yesterday. One of the new coaches he hired, he said, I forget which one it was. I can't wait to meet his family. He's the guy who started all this stuff about we're in it together. We're here for each other. Leadership councils. Having guys stand up at training camp and tell their life stories. So people bond inside the locker room. Like this whole thing. I love Leslie Frazier, but let's not make it sound like he had some secret sauce and now there's, the defense is going to be like bottom 10 next year. Right. And all, for me, it points back to, remember the day after the Super Bowl? What, what was the, the narrative the day after the Super Bowl? Stop trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. You can't do it. You can try as hard as you want to be great defensively and stop Mahomes and Burrow. You might do it once in a while, but... Eight times out of ten, they're going to get their points because they're that good. It doesn't yeah. matter. The Eagles had the third best set pass rush in NFL history by sacks, and they couldn't come near Mahomes. D- didn't right. matter. That's right. Didn't matter. I mean, he just at will picked them apart. The Eagles had the defense. Did it matter? So it just points back to me, you have to prioritize offense this offseason. And that's not to completely say, I don't care what the defense is, but on some level... I do kind of feel that way. Well, the Mahomes discussion was much less about, I shouldn't, from, from our standpoint, from my standpoint, from the Bills' standpoint, it was, let's keep adding to the pass rush. We have to affect a guy like Patrick Mahomes, right? right? It was Rousseau and Basham and then Von Miller and all. So I, for, I think for a lot of people, it was, how do you make your offense better so you can outscore Kansas City? Right. And the Bills almost did that, actually, in the AFC Divisional round. I mean, they, they had to try and outscore them. But anyway, it was always for me, hey, their offense is really good. How do you beat that? Right? I mean, I guess in Miami and New England with the Jets, I don't know, maybe they all did say, well, the Jets sure have a good defense. But maybe they spent a lot of time saying, how do we make our defense better to shut down Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. I think Miami was, hey, how do we make our offense better? And look what they did when Tua was healthy and how they could put up points. So I... I've never thought, and honestly, I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent, Joe. My apologies. But 
McDermott has been a defensive coordinator. It's in his yeah. background. He was the play caller in Carolina. He was there when they had some success. So it's not like he's going into an area where he doesn't have experience. He can do it if he so desires, as Sal told us, signs are pointing towards McDermott taking on the play calling duties. He's done it before. He can do it again. And I guess the only concern I would have, if you think it's over, it's not for me about the defense is going to fall apart without Leslie Frazier being there. If you are worried about anything, and Sal brought this up and he's right, it's McDermott would have some kind of setback in his head coaching in-game decisions because he's now calling plays and he's not CEO. He's now spending a lot of time on the defense and it's affecting his CEO in-game status and that could be a problem for the Bills. I understand that line of thinking. And if if Al Holcomb's already in the building, I mean... Lean not, on the guy. It's not like they are at ground zero when it comes to it. McD- right, you mentioned all the, the McDermott's experience and Ron Rivera saying he's an aggressive play caller, which I like, by the way, because I think at times we thought Leslie Frazier wasn't aggressive enough with right. the play calling, more so than the scheme and you know the overall style of but the defense. But there were some coverage issues, too, and sure. philosophically how they, you know, at times, not just the game against Cincinnati, but at times maybe I, a little too much cushion and not yeah. aggressive with that. I guess, how far do we think they could drop? And the Frazier piece could be a part of that, but Edmonds, Poyer, all of it. Like, how far do we really think they could drop? Do we? How much confidence should we have that the Bills are going to be a top-five defense again? All right, okay, well, okay, they could drop out of the top-five for sure. Right. here's your scenario. Von Miller's not ready at the start of the season. When does he get back? Who knows? Yep. Uh, Edmonds leaves in free agency. Poyer leaves in free agency. You have a massive hole at middle linebacker. Your pass rush is nowhere near as good as it was when Von Miller was playing. Mm-hmm. So all this could come together. Middle of the pack. Right. Aren't we I still mean, thinking they're like Somewhere 13th? like 12 to 16? Like, they're not going to plummet to the 20s. And, man, I just don't think that really impacts much of anything. I, I think if you told me right now they'll be the 12th best defense all next year, I would still pick them to win the AFC East. I would still pick them to have a chance at the one seed. And I would still pick them to be competing with the Chiefs and the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Exactly where they'd be if they were number three in the league in defense. Because I think all that window dressing and all the defensive rankings and all of the the skill back there, it will help you get to play Mahomes and Burrow. But when you play Mahomes and Burrow, it's going to come down to how many points you score. 8030550 to join us. Joe and Sal have the extra point show coming up at 10. Stay tuned for that on WGR. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more, you deserve this ice cold reward. Medella. The Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Hey, uh, this weekend. It, it, actually, I should tell you, it's uh, conference tournament time, either for some conferences starting or next week in college basketball, but college hockey as well. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes uh, and say good morning to Trevor Large, hockey coach over at Canisius. They are in the AHA quarterfinals this weekend, and actually Friday night will be at the Harbor Center downtown for the opener of a best-of-three series against Army. Trevor, it's Howard and Joe. Good morning. Welcome to the postseason. Hey, guys. Excited to be here, spend some time with you guys, and talk some Griff's hockey. So I saw the format change for the conference, um, right? It used to be, a, I think, championship and maybe the semis were neutral site. Now every game is on campus all the way through. Let's start there. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think it's it's a it's a it's a positive change. I think there's you know as a conference we we're trying to find the best way to do our playoffs and you know trying to create an environment that as coaches and players we all want where it's a you know a rowdy crowd and lots of excitement in the buildings and you know for this year that change will be substantial and we'll see how it does. Trevor, generally speaking, you know co- coaches always tell us you want to play your best fill in the sport uh, going into conference time. So. Generally speaking, how do you think your team is playing going into the Army series? Yeah, Howard, I think it's a great, uh, great thing to talk about. Obviously, for us because we're we're it's coming together nicely at the at the right time of year. Every coach does do that. They talk about, hey, we want to be playing our best hockey, and you know, if anybody's been tracking the grips right now, we we've been on uh, we've been doing that. We've been playing very very well. Uh, results have followed, and we were able to jump some spots in the standings to get some you know playoff hockey in Buffalo. So. Um, I know our, our, our players are ready. We want to play games. And, you know, coming up this weekend, it should be exciting. What do you think has, has contributed to everything coming together at this time, in your opinion? There's always a lot. I, I think it's, um, you know, health is always something that's, you know, you want all your, your best lineup to be available. And to be honest, Howard, we, we've we been able to make a lot of changes. And the guys that have been going in maybe haven't had as much experience as some other guys, but they've done very well. Um, and we've been able to get some guys uh, back and healthy. That's obviously helpful for anybody. Um, you know, we're we're the, the guys have been very attentive on details and what we're trying to do. Um, but when they go on the ice, man, their their fight their fight has been unbelievable. You know, we had a great series last weekend with Holy Cross. Very physical weekend. Um, we were able to get two wins, which secured the home ice for us. Um, that was a big, big moment for our team. Lots of excitement after the game. Um, but our, our guys have been, they've been ready. Um, they've been, you know, getting after the opponent, but also having a huge conference, uh, concentration on how we want to play. So it's, they're a really fun team to coach right now. And as a staff, we're, we're, I wouldn't say we're just opening the door for them, but it's getting pretty close to that. Big picture, uh, Trevor, as you look at the field and you get into the quarterfinals, how is it stacking up? Uh, is it is it open? Are there clear cut teams? Maybe you got a gun for, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Atlantic Hockey as a whole, it, there's always parity in our conference. It's a really it's a really good conference. Uh, teams are tough. If you're looking at it this year. You know, RIT's had a, a, a very good regular season. They've been a team that, you know, secured the regular season championship um, probably a couple weeks ago. Um, so they, they've had good – we've had some success against them. We had two overtime wins at their place. They beat us twice in Buffalo. Um, you know, our, our focus completely is on Army. We've had them four times this year. That's who we're playing this weekend. You know, they're a very good team. AIC – has been a team that's won our conference multiple years in a row. They've had a good year again. 
Um, Sacred Heart, who we just saw, is a really, really good team. They just got a brand-new arena, and it's, it's, it's a good time to be uh, in and around the conference. Um, I think it's wide open. I think there's some teams that have a legitimate shot, and I'd put the Griffs in that category for sure. Well, it's a best of three, folks. So Friday uh, at Harbor Center, 7 o'clock is game one against Army. Uh, game two is Saturday night, 735. You're looking to get out of the house, see some sports this weekend. And then if necessary, game three will be played again uh, at Harbor Center. So all here in Buffalo. And that would be at 505 on Sunday afternoon. Well, Trevor, good luck. Good luck this weekend against uh, the Black Knights. And thank you very much for giving us some time on the show this morning. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I know everybody's looking forward to a lot of playoff hockey in Buffalo. So we're just excited that you guys will get the first look at us this weekend. Hopefully we'll see everybody at the Harbor Center. That's right. This is just get everybody ready for, for you know, get a, wet your appetite, so to speak, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct, absolutely. Have fun, Trevor. Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, uh, Mr. DiBiase, uh, what do you got? The, What's the plan? I'm just reading a lot of Chikrin stuff. There was so we'll a note, talk a little bit about him. It was quick. Uh, Frank Saravelli. This is a team we have not talked about. Yeah, the team that was here last night beating the Sabers. Frank Saravelli, Daily Faceoff, I believe, is his site. Yep. Right. He said it's possible Columbus could take the assets they have from the L.A. trade that they picked up mm-hmm. and swing that into going after Chickren. Yeah, which and, would be a wrench in the works of your Sabers dream if you and, want Chickren. And Trick Chickren, by the way, I just read a really good. Um, Really good analysis of his of his game by Jesse Marshall, who covers the Penguins, and he said Chikrin is like five G internet. He enhances the connection between your offense and defense. Mm. He is the connection, really, and he's so good defensively too. Mobility kills. Dude can skate. Sounds like Darlene you're talking about. Situation where the data and the video are all in total alignment, no gaps at all. Like this player is great, but he's been out in the desert yeah. and playing in front of four thousand fans for the last five years. That he's not really a household name, and he's under market value with what he earns right, right. now. Like if he were not available for trade, the casual hockey fan listening to our show, what percentage even knows who he is? Like it's just his, remember his name was mentioned the year he was drafted, right? A lot yep, of that's right. Fans wanted them to take him. I actually remember way back. I. You sometimes do you ever remember like really strange things that like aren't important at all, but you just kind of remember them? Yes, you should have a conversation with my wife about that. <laughs> I remember it's very strange. I remember in college, just a br- some random lunch break, you know, just sitting down, whatever, and had, had a, I had an edition of the hockey news, mm-hmm. and I remember the cover being Jacob Chikrin going first overall in the OHL draft as like a as like an underager, fifteen. Like you need exceptional status for that, yeah. And that, well, McDavid, Gretzky, like all the guys, Lemieux that had done that. This is the defenseman that did it. Yeah, like he's going to be a superstar, and he's not quite Norris. Like he's no, not, but he was talked about as a very as a top prospect. Yeah, in his draft. So this is a guy that's been on the radar for a long time. He's still only twenty four. He's great. And where I was getting to, you you brought up the Columbus point, right? Yeah. Darren Dreger in his tweet about. The Sabers being cl- staying close, hoping for a price drop. He also mentioned the Columbus's collateral after the trade with the Kings. They're interested. Ottawa's willing to listen. Yeah. Sends are on a roll. Sabers, Senators, Blue Jackets. Oh, boy. Think of Chikrin. Chikrin. Part of this why he's on the market is Chikrin wants out. Right? He does not the the perennial losing sure. in Arizona. He wants out. Well, he wants to go from losing to, I'd imagine. A team where he could see himself winning. That's well, not Columbus right now. Look at those three teams. Right, Columbus behind the Sabers. Columbus is not doing that. Right, Columbus or they're not getting him. They're they're 
one of the worst teams I'd want to go play for right now. Ottawa, you have a little of this. Like, I don't they're think they're trending like the Sabres, right? I think there yeah. are far more bright spots on the Sabres going Yeah, forward. and I hope this isn't me just flying too close to the sun yeah. here, but I, trying to look at it objectively, I truly believe of the three teams, the Sabres would have the best case now, remember, to make the chicken is of you're going to win here. But he doesn't have, like, say in this, he doesn't have a... He doesn't, a, but... Like, 10-team trade list or any of that stuff. But Kevin Adams will talk about a lot. He sure. only wants players sure. who want to be here. And I will say, it's not like he's under contract for six years. It's two. Yeah, right. So you've got time. Like, even if he tells you, I don't want to do a contract right now, you can still say, fine, we'll do it. But if he makes it clear to you, I have no interest in coming to your team, and I'm probably going to walk in two years... What's he the point, he right? does still have some leverage, even if he doesn't have a definitive list. All right, I owe you and Sal some showtime. Uh, Extra That's Point okay. Show is... Com- I took it, so <laughs> I'm taking it for myself. It's, it's really it's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Extra Point Show is on the way. If you're on hold, hang on. Your calls are next. WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.